You're listening to Film School, broadcasting every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time at KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California, and on the web at KUCI.org slash filmschool. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. In their new film, Takeout, co-directors Sean Baker and Chi Ching So follow a day in the life of an illegal Chinese immigrant working as a delivery man for a Chinese takeout in New York. Unfortunately, the immigrant is behind with payments on his huge debt to the smugglers who brought him to the United States. In a social realist style, the camera follows him on his deliveries throughout Upper Manhattan, neighborhoods where social and economic streams exist side by side. Takeout opens Friday, September 19th at the Lemley Sunset 5 in West Hollywood, the Lemley Playhouse 7 in Pasadena, and in Irvine at the Edwards West Park 8. Sean Baker and Chi Ching So, welcome to film school. Oh, thank you very much. It's great to be back. Yeah. Uh, how are you doing today? Uh, good, good. I, yeah, actually, we're opening. We just found out we're opening in two other theaters as well. So oh, we're really actually here? Uh, in five theaters here in the Los Angeles area. Wow, um, that's great. The, great uh, the Edwards uh, West Park in Irvine and the okay. Atlantic Palace and Alhambra. Alhambra. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh, terrific. Sorry, Mike, cool. And right. also the Lemleys. You mentioned the Sunset Five and the Playhouse Seven. Also the um, Fallbrook Seven in West Hills. Ah, Fallbrook. Well, very good. You just mm-hmm. found that out. You must be thrilled. Yeah. Well, we're running all around last minute, uh, getting the posters out, doing our street team. As you know, very much like the film I talked to you about before, Prince of Broadway. This is a you know, it's a very low budget, independent thing where we're doing a grassroots campaign, getting the word out there by having you know street teams, postcards, um, postering around ourselves. Yeah. Now, now you made this film, I, I think, in 2004. Am I correct th- at that? Is before Prince of Broadway? Exactly. We actually we shot in June 2003, did the film festival circuit in 2004. And it's been a long road, you know, um, getting this film out there. But, you know, finally, Cavu Pictures embraced it, got behind it, and said, you know what, this film hasn't aged a day. Yeah. We, and it's actually more relevant today than it was in the, back then because actually, you know, now immigration um, reform is such a uh, hot topic, especially with the, the election coming up. And, um, you know, uh, besides maybe a, a cell phone model or, or, a, um, or, or a don't walk sign uh, changing, uh, the film I don't think, I think plays very timely. Oh, yes, absolutely. It it. You could easily fool me to think it was it was uh, done uh, last week. Really, there's there's nothing about it at all that looks looks dated. I want to ask you, Ching. Uh, did uh, did you ever give up on getting this into the theaters? Did you? What kept you guys uh, involved in, in getting this thing uh, to where it is today? Well, we uh, we actually try really hard. You know, when we when we uh, did the uh, film festival round in 2004. Mm-hmm. We went to Switzerland and we got a lot of, uh, you know, people support us, and we actually still in contact with them in uh, Switzerland. So, okay. and before Kavu, we actually have another distributor in uh, 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 Netherlands. Mm-hmm. They actually, you know, signed with us, but you know, the the deal didn't uh, go through. They they fell under. So, we actually. Tr- uh, went through a lot, but you know, we're both really, really happy the movie finally got out, and you know, people really like it. Yeah, getting getting that American distributor uh, is the, was the key, right? Yeah. yeah. 
Now, well, I've, I've heard a lot of things about the low-budget aspect of this film. Just, just for starters, uh, where did you find the restaurant? How did that, uh, the, the takeout restaurant, how did that come about? Well, we act- well actually, we, uh, we look around a lot, because, uh, especially the, because the, uh, most of them are undocumented workers working in the restaurant. So in the beginning, it was really tough to get, you know, get into a, like, get into agree to uh, film in the store. So, to be on camera. Yeah. yeah so yeah. We, we're really, really lucky we found this restaurant on Upper West Side near, uh, actually, the uh, Columbus, uh, uh, Columbia University was uh, was in uh-huh. in the neighborhood. So the the owner was uh, really familiar with students. They they study and they you know they don't have budget and they really really work really hard for films and stuff. So he when when I met with him, he was really uh, really happy. He said, "Well, you know, it's great. Well, I would love to help you guys." Mm-hmm. So that's how we found our location. And he didn't. He was so. He was so helpful. He just let us shoot. He didn't. He didn't uh, expect any money. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. He said, "He said, uh, guys, you can shoot here as long as you don't interfere with business." Yeah. So uh-huh. we couldn't yeah. shut down the business for one minute. Okay. Um, it was, and we're 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 dealing in a we're we're shooting in a tight little takeout restaurant. Uh, with, with there were three workers in the back, uh, Miss Lee in the front. There are th- three or four of us at any given time. So it, you know, it was very tight. Um, but what what also got us rolling was that the uh, the owner said you can shoot here because I basically I'm shutting this restaurant down in two months. Mm-hmm. So we were about to go, we were we were taking our time with production, and suddenly when he said this, we said, oh my God, we we have to speed this up right now. We had already cast, thank God. So we just said well, let's start rolling right now, and we spent that the next month. Uh, in the restaurant, Shi Ching and I basically at all times I was shooting B-roll mm-hmm. um, and just and just really uh, you know documenting the daily routine while Shi Ching was actually able to bond with the real cooks at the restaurant uh, mm-hmm. you know because of the language I don't know Mandarin she does and they were able to bond and they told her many of their their personal stories they also really helped us out in the in, in, in fleshing out the script, and Miss Lee, who who plays Big Sister in the film, the one non-professional in the film, mm-hmm. she actually became our fact checker. She told us what was realistic and what wasn't, what the, if the dialogue was uh, was accurate to what, the way these guys would speak every day, mm-hmm. and no, also basically demographic breakdown and stuff like that in terms of deliveries. She uh, she Ching, how did that uh, interaction with these cooks? How did that alter, if at all? Did it alter the story? Did it alter what you? Uh, you know, they, all, all the conversation I had with them definitely. Uh, some of them came into our script, and a lot of like fact, like you know how they went through, how they went through the trip to uh, United States, and what's the way they they came here. How do they, you know, how do they get a visa or <clears throat> or their daily life? You know what they do every day, and on top of that, all. The beginning scene of the film, the the place they live is actually the the real place they live. We mm-hmm. act, they actually let us uh, shoot in the pla- in the place they they uh, stay, so that was really really you know great. We actually got to see the actual um, the actual dormitory they live in. I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with Xi Ching Shou and uh, Sean Baker, the uh, co-directors of a film coming out this Friday called uh, Takeout. 
it's a day in the life or yeah a day in the life of a, uh, a Chinese uh, takeout uh, delivery person and uh, you, you mentioned Miss Lee at the at the restaurant did she ever take orders from real customers there was was any of that interaction actually helping the business um, yeah actually what we had we um, mic'd we had little hidden mics uh-huh. along the countertop of this takeout uh, with the intention of grabbing audio that we could splice in any time uh, and, and use further down the line. We didn't wow. know that that was going to become an essential part of the film. When we, uh, we, we decided through basically the first week of the actual production that we wanted to cast Miss Lee, um, we approached her. And we said, listen, we already have so much B-roll of you. You're great. We love your interaction with the customers. It's so hard to find somebody who can represent you and your sort of character. And would you mind playing you or, or a version of yourself, a variation of yourself? And she was very reluctant at first, a little shy. But by the end of the shoot, she was delivering lines that we had scripted for her. Uh-huh. And to answer your question, yeah. Uh, Yes, there were a few instances where my camera actually caught her interacting with a real customer who came into the shop. And um, there weren't many of those in the film, uh, but the ones that we did, we sometimes we just caught gold. And the way, you know, she would have a certain, certain there were some regulars who came in every day, and they had a certain little... Yeah. Uh, back and forth that they would do, and it was just so so charming and amusing that we basically didn't chase that person out onto the sidewalk and said, we're shooting a small <laughs> independent. I don't know if you noticed, but there's a camera in the back of the shop. We caught this, and we would like to, to know if we can use it in this independent film. And, you know, most of them agreed and signed a release. Wow. Now, now, let me ask you, um, what was your actual, uh, what was the shooting schedule? How long did you have? Uh, I think we shot... Uh, uh, for 30 days. 30 days. But before that, we were in the shop for a, a whole month. We were there every day just, you know, to uh, uh, do the B-roll and also, you know, yeah. refresh our script and getting to know the customers and getting to know the cooks. So you're just hanging out. We weren't, I mean, you were filming, but you were just sort of yeah. ca- soaking up the ambiance of the yeah. place. Mm-hmm. Um, and what kind of cameras did you use? This this film has uh, has a very intimate uh, feel. I mean, you really are inside that kitchen, and you're right up against the counter with these uh, customers coming in. Did well. What kind of camera were you using for that? Oh, we shot on the uh, PD150, which is a standard definition mini DV camera that was being was very popular uh, about five to six years ago before the advent of of HD and mm. 24P. This was before HD and 24P was readily available to the independent artists. So, so this is the same camera that uh, a lot of the Dogma 95 films were being shot on. Uh-huh. And, um, you know... Uh, well, it was good with light. It, it picked up light well. Yeah, it's great with light. We, had to, we only had to... We, we lit very little. Um, uh-huh. We, we uh, had a few fluorescents that we threw in there. But for the most part, uh, we were able to use natural light, and, uh, and we just loved that look. Um, I, when I was watching this, it's funny you should mention Dogma, because Dogma... F- went through my head, and I, I was thinking, now, did he violate any of the rules of dogma here? <laughs> Actually, yeah, it's not, a, it's not a Dogma 95 film because uh, we do violate a lot. Okay. Uh, we could never actually um, be, you know, be uh, considered for it because we have 
props in the film. Uh, but but Sean, how many dogma films <laughs> yeah, violate all <laughs> kinds of dogma rules? I mean, you, you, the list—it's almost uh, you know how many aren't you violating as a, as a, as, a, as a characteristic? Well, it of dogma comes films. off looking very much very yeah. real, very documentary style, and it looks beautiful. Yeah, it really oh. does. In fact, I I, I may have made the comment to Nathan that the first fifteen minutes or so, ten fifteen minutes of the film. You really, unless you know you're watching a narrative film, it really feels like a documentary you're watching. Uh, and then the characters and the story starts to unfold, but it definitely feels like a documentary at, at the very outset of the film. Oh, well, thank you very much. I mean, that's a, that's a compliment because that was really our uh, intention. Uh, we set out to really capture, use a style that, that almost, uh, that really blurred the line. Yeah. And that people wouldn't know whether this was documentary or, or narrative. And, um, so, you know, we're very influenced by, you know, obviously the Dogma 95 films, but also, you know, Dardan Brothers um, mm. and Cinema Verite, Cassavetes. I think you see a lot of the influences in the film. Mm. And but, but thank you. That's a compliment. That's yeah. great to hear. Now, uh, Charles Jang, who plays Ming in this, how, how, the lead character, the immigrant we're following on the bicycle who... who Went through a lot of rain. Uh, did, yeah, did you, boy, what a day, did, huh? Did, did you expect that? Oh, my God. Um, we, we scripted it because we knew stylistically it would work, and for dramatic purposes, the rain was, was vital to the story. However, we, were, we didn't know that we'd be blessed with the rainiest <laughs> June in recorded history. Oh, my God. And that's a fact. I mean, well, recorded history only goes back 100 years, but we— um, You mean as far as New York City is concerned? Yeah, New York yeah, City, yeah. but we, um, we were really uh, blessed with that because I have a lot of friends in the industry— and d- during that one month, June of '03, people couldn't shoot. Almost every commercial and feature production was shut down in the city. Uh, while we were at the, we woke up every morning, looked up at the storm clouds, and thank God, and thank said, you. Hey, we're so, ready to shoot again, Charles. Get ready. Um, Charles was soaking to the bone every day. Um, you know, Charles is, is such a is such a dedicated actor. He's an amazing guy. He uh, he came to us be- uh, actually. We had a uh, casting call. We couldn't even really, this is really a low-budget film here. We couldn't even afford a backstage ad. We had to use the free backstage.com service. Um, And he responded to an online ad, um, and he showed up. We loved what he did. Uh, We we had an on-the-street audition. We actually had the guys auditioning on the street. we love what he did. We love the vulnerability that he brought to this character. Um, he, but after I remember, after he left that day, Shi uh, Ching turned to her brother, who was helping us out, and said, "You know, I think there's something up. I, I don't really, I can't identify that that uh, that accent. I wonder what province he's from. I wonder where he's from. I couldn't obviously pick up the difference in the in, in the in the accent, but." But what happened was that the following, when we had him come back and you know for a, for a callback, the first thing he said to us was, "Guys, I can't go any further without letting you know that you know I am Korean American. I don't know if that'll <laughs> affect anything." And Chi Ching was like, "Oh, I knew, I knew something was up." <laughs> Basically, um, you know, Charles learned Mandarin by by living in in Taiwan for for a year or two, oh. and yeah. so he's actually <laughs> Korean American playing a, a, um, an undocumented Chinese. Wow, that's he does an amazing job. Yeah, and, and uh, just to briefly go back to the rain, there's a shot there. I think it's pretty much near the end. It looks torrential at one point. 
it's we're not just talking rain we're talking uh yeah, nobody on the yeah just a downpour of rain and i assume it's him riding the bike at night through the streets yeah yeah <laughs> that's him there's there's no stunt man there um <laughs> no <laughs> about the, the the character who plays uh young or the person who plays young that's jang how you am i right on that the yeah, pronunciation? Jing, is that... yeah John, uh, johnny Jing Hua Yu. Okay, Jing Hua Yu. Uh, how did you get uh, a hold of him for his part? Well, we uh, we uh, put out an ad in uh, uh, New, New York Unit, uh, New York, uh, what's that? NYU uh, Taiwanese Student Association. They have an email list listing. So we we put an ad on there, and he responded to the ad. And he mm-hmm. is a professional theater actor, and you know he was at the time he was uh, studying. He was getting his master's degree in uh, like performance uh, management. So when he he when he uh, came to the the casting, he was great. Mm-hmm. You know, he has that very very uh, natural acting. Yeah. So <clears throat> he has a definite presence. Yeah, you know? he is he is a very very professional actor. Now, now, did you also audition him just out in the street? Yes. Oh, very good. So I assume that you did that with with everyone here because the the whole. Film is pretty much other than going upstairs and, and delivering is on the streets. Yes. Yeah. Now, what what's it you there's in the, the sort of press note about you described this filmmaking as run what is it run and gun or what is it how did you describe this on the run filmmaking basically? I, well, you can call you, it run and gun. Yeah. Right? I, I'm, well, I'm just a basketball reference. Yeah, like, yeah, that's okay. a basketball reference. Anyway, I don't like to talk about budgets because I think that it sometimes will skew people's perspective on a film. But I know it wasn't very much money, and I know that you guys were doing everything you could to uh, to uh, cut corners here a little bit. Uh, but you have a huge cast of people in the film, and I think it's important to point out that a significant part of the film. Is uh, is when uh, Ming is making the deliveries and the people that he comes in contact with, which I thought were, was wonderful. Uh, how did you get all those people involved in the film as well? Well, we um, we actually put an, out an ad on Craigslist again for free, right? <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> okay. And we said, "Would you like to be in an independent film? Uh, if so, we'll come to you. We'll come to your doorway. We'll shoot on your time. Uh, no." We won't be. We'll, we'll be a skeleton crew, so we won't be bothering your neighbors. Uh, no need for makeup. No need for prep. Uh, we'll just show up and, and take twenty to thirty minutes of your time. We can only pay you five dollars, but, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. but you'll. Um, but uh, if you're interested, please respond. We got fifty responses. We mm-hmm. shot off fifty, mm-hmm. um, and we edited it down to about twenty-five deliveries in the film. Yeah. Um, and we pay five dollars for the, you know. Yeah, exactly. Can I ask? This is a dumb question. Did they actually get food? No, you oh, know what? Darn, were, <laughs> it was such a tight budget that most of the time, and I hate to give this away before people are actually oh, watching yeah, maybe the we movie, should, you know. but Charles is walking around with a weighted down bag. Okay. <laughs> oh, well. You didn't even feed yourselves. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds like you were fairly... We were actually able to feed uh, the main crew, um, oh. the main cast, and which was great because we actually used the restaurant as like our catering every day. Oh, excellent. Well, I, 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 I can't help but want to point out one or two of the of the, of the people that he delivered the food to, but... I, I think you know, people will, when they've seen the film, they'll know what I'm talking about. But the uh, No Chicken uh, uh, actor was terrific. Well, I, he, that's Karen Karagulian. Yes. And he's he's the lead 
in my new film, Prince of Broadway. Right, oh, right, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I recognized <laughs> him, but I, you know, but I, he was. I mean, I could see where from this experience, you certainly would have wanted to work with him be, again because he was has... he someone who responded to Craigslist? No, no, uh, I've known him for a while. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's he's one of. He's a good friend and, and a guy that I always knew would become a lead eventually. And, and after we did take out, I'm, I, I said, you know, the next film, he, he's definitely going to get a lead role. Well, he's just he's such a natural actor. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a, that small scene. He really nails it. So uh, a terrific job on that. Now, I want to also uh, introduce another character into the film, although it's not listed in your in your notes, in your press notes. Uh, New York is is certainly a character, and I was very taken with the sound, the use of sound, in bringing that character really into this film. Uh, I thought you did a wonderful job with the sound on this. Oh, thank you very much. We, uh, yeah, that was very intentional to layer the city sounds. I, I just, I, I know that, you know, Shi Ching and I, we were actually uh, living above a Chinese restaurant when we first came up with this idea. We lived on the corner of 20th and 3rd, which, uh, for if anybody who knows Manhattan, is probably one of the noisiest intersections in the city, just because you have a hospital right there, you have a, um, a, a police academy, you oh. have a precinct, constant sirens all the time. Yeah. And I think oh, yeah. that that very much influenced the film. We were just so sick and tired of hearing <laughs> car alarms, sirens, honks all day that we just said, you know, this is what, how we see the city or hear the city, and we'd like to bring this to the screen. Well, it, it, it really is striking. Uh, there, uh, there is, uh, there's no music in the film, and frankly, I had to be reminded of that because the film is full of sound, and it, uh, and it really is a, a testament to, uh, I think, the way you went about it, that it, uh, it doesn't matter that there's not music, and it, you, you still feel like you're hearing a soundtrack. You're hearing New York City. Yeah, we, we spent a lot of time, even after the main production, recording extra sound, sound effects for the film. And it's all original. None of it comes from any stock CDs. Um, and also the, the, rain of, the rain sound that was very important, the constant, you know, you're hearing, yeah. hearing the, the tires going through the, the puddles. And that was very important to us. Now, in the editing process, uh, how did that work? Who, who was uh, mainly responsible for that? Uh, well, Sean is. Uh, well, actually, we'll sit down. We have a uh, we have a script, so mm-hmm. most of the team follow the script because Sean doesn't know, you know, Chinese. So we have to kind of follow the script. So when we sit down and when we sit down and look at the footage, everything is basically follow the script. So we just have like cut down, and at the same time, we have to translate every, all the dialogue into Chinese. Uh-huh. So it, it's almost. Down at the same time with the sub, the subtitles and you know the, and the editing. What was the, how long was the process of editing the film? Oh well, we basically took the this the rest of the summer to edit uh, July, August, and the beginning of September mm-hmm. to allow us to submit to festivals. You know that that. September is a big uh, submission deadline period. Mm-hmm. So you know, for, for the film so, festival, yeah. So we yeah. that's how we, we we finished it in time to submit, uh, and we got into Slam Dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say it was about two to three months. Yeah. Edit. Uh, I want to ask both of you this question: uh, That Xi Jing, uh, when you walk down the street mm-hmm. of New York City now. Does your mind go to these different stories that these people must be walking around with? Is in the in making of this film? Did, do you see? There used to be an old TV show, The Naked City. There's a million stories in The Naked City. Does this really brought this uh, to to uh, into your mind as as a reality? Oh yeah, definitely. It totally uh, changed my you know perspective on 
or, you know, not just the Chinese people, that the Mexican people, like, especially in New York, basically, you know, whatever, like all the restaurants, you see all, they are all Mexican or Chinese working right. restaurants. So without them, there's no New York City. Right. I, I, I think that's, that's about the whole United States, not just New York. Well, it's the immigrant experience, I think. And with, Sean, with your two films, Prince of Broadway and Takeout, these, these two, again, you're, you're taking this to heart. There, there, are, there are stories everywhere, and it's just a, it's just a matter of finding the, the right the way to go about it. Uh, most definitely. And, and it's funny you brought up that quote, because we were actually, that was one of the first taglines for the film about there being, we were going to do a variation on that quote about there being a million stories in the naked city. This is one of them. Um, and it's just, you know, because New, as Chi Ching just said, New York is an immigrant city, and, and there are lots of stories to be told out there besides uh, Terry Terry. Bradshaw and Sex in the City, you know, um, right, there's right. lot. there are lots of other stories to be told. <laughs> or Law and Order. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I think it was when, when Xi, Ching, Xi Ching and I did a lot of research on this. We did a lot of research leading up to the making of this film. We spent a lot of time uh, talking to to undocumented workers and their, their plight and their stories. And I, and I think what struck us uh, right off the bat was that, you know, in many ways, these these individuals are essentially hawking their future for the American dream. And the very fact that, you know, this American dream that a lot of us take for granted. And, and I thought that that, that just both, we, I think we both realized that as at the same time and we decided, you know, that's what, that's what our film is going to be about. You know, because essentially when we started making this, when we set out to make this film, it was, it was more of a New York story. It was more of a postcard to New York, which I, it still remains that a little bit, but it was way more of like, let's, let's look at New York through the eyes of a delivery man. Mm-hmm. But then when we actually started our research and talking to these men and, 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 and reading books on the subject, uh, such as Forbidden Workers by Peter Kwong, um, there, there's a lot of literature out there if you'd like to research it and and basically once we did that we realized you know what let's 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 shift our focus towards really the plight of one of these individuals well you've done a terrific job with this story and um xi ching so and uh sean baker i want to thank you so much for being here to talk about your film takeout it's opening this friday thank you for being here on film School. oh thank you one, one last thing we're going to be do, we're here in los angeles doing q a's so mm-hmm. you know we can find out all that information on takeoutthemovie.com or through the Lemley and Edwards sites. Right. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for being here on Film School. Thank you. All right. Take care. Thank you. To learn more about Film School, listen to more interviews, or subscribe to our podcast, visit our website at kuci.org slash filmschool.com.